politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, our liberty, our property, and everything that matters. It's all about the fight. And that's really what we're going to talk about today. And Daniel Horowitz back here today. And I am sorry. I do apologize. I am losing my voice because I'm up half the night on the phone talking and somehow... Um, maybe I need voice lessons. It just doesn't work for me. I'm working the phones, working the states. Those of you who signed up for our con action teams are really a big help. So I want to say this. Everything that occurs is commensurate with how much we fight for it. Nothing happens for free. <clears throat> Nothing happens on its own. <clears throat> That's the reality. You have to fight for it. You want to know how much tyranny you're going to get, how much you're willing to put up with. And and here's the deal. The country is roughly divided 50-50. The states we're operating with, it's more like 70-30 in our favor. But they're 30. They're activated. They have the money, the industries, the special interests, the activists on the ground to focus on every bill, every idea, every executive agency, every policy. We have almost nobody focusing on anything. The few things we succeed, it's because we have a a movement. And what I'm doing is essentially pushing the introduction of the most important bills, particularly medical freedom, but we have our other list. But the reason I'm focusing on medical freedom is because those, boys, this bad, those issues are the most impactful to our lives on the one hand, but on the other hand, they have the least energy and movement behind them. It's bizarre. You have the FDA meeting today to push this as an annual shot, push other mRNAs. You have the Project Veritas revelation, which we already knew that Pfizer is likely working with the government and the Defense Department, creating more pathogenic versions of coronavirus, other things, and more bioweapon vaccines to inject in us to come alongside that. I cannot think of something more impactful than that. And yet, no one's there. I've been working, trying to get members of the subcommittee on coronavirus at a federal level. All this stuff, I'm going to try to give you a synopsis. But again, Sign up for conaction.network if you want to join a red state team. We have teams in Alabama, South Carolina, West Virginia, Iowa, North Dakota, Alaska. And we're working on, we need Idaho and Wyoming, Montana, South Dakota. So if you want to be a team leader in the states we don't have a team leader, email me, Horowitz at startmail.com. If you just want to be a member to help out, um, again, conaction.network. Our first sponsor today, speaking of biomedical tyranny, one of the ways they're going to do it is shoving bad things on us, but also blocking us from obtaining vital medications we do need. That's the backwards, two-tiered system we live in. That's why I recommend every one of you get a Jace case from jacemedical.com. What's a Jace case? Well, we never thought you couldn't get a hold of antibiotics, right? Literally, antibiotics are out in many places. 
So just like we did with Seven Cells, you go online, jacemedical.com, you fill out a questionnaire about your, your medical status to make sure there's no contraindications. They give a prescription, and then they mail you a Jay's case ready to made a pack of five different courses of antibiotics like uh, amoxicillin, augmentin, doxycycline, and obviously they pretty much run the gamut of treatments for UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections. Look, the best thing to do is have your own doctor and your own pharmacy you can get it from, but if you're not confident you can, I think it's better to have this on hand, uh, travel pack or an apocalypse pack. So again, go to jacemedical.com, offer code REVIEW10. So folks, we talked about a lot of different important bills we're working on. And what I'm doing is I'm shoving it in as many states as I can, as many of my ideas. We have 20, 30 different bill ideas. And, you know, only a few of them are going to are gonna go the distance. And even then, they'll get watered down. But if we don't try, we'll get nothing. And then this is how you work. You know, you lay down that marker. You have a bill. See, we could pass around all sorts of studies. This is terrible. But what are you going to do about it? You have a bill. You message it. You start whipping. You start naming the heroes, shaming the zeros. All the sorts of grassroots activism you would do in a, in a local area, it makes all the difference. Let me give you the contrast. We talked yesterday about how for the first time, and we have several more lined up in other states, but uh, Representative Jensen in South Dakota introduced my constitutional amendment that I talk about in the rise of the Fourth Reich, affirming the right to bodily autonomy against all coerced forms of medical treatment, uh, vaccines, masks, you name it, and banning discrimination in the realm of public accommodation. That, that needs to be in every state constitution. I don't understand how we have gone through a genocide. We're going through a genocide. They have a, it, it down the pipeline in the future, and all these people are worried about, well, Daniel, I don't want to do this because maybe in the future there might be an mRNA that could help. Well, we'll broach that when we get there. If you're saying that you clearly don't understand what is happening to us now, you could never, we couldn't possibly overcompensate with overkill to even the score with what's happening now. Because you know what? If they ever came up with technologies that were so worthy of of bypassing our bills, you know what? I'm quite confident they have the money, political support, lobbying operation to get that done, okay? They'll change it. And mind you, most of what we're doing that shouldn't matter. It's, you know, not with mandates. Because even if it's the greatest thing around, it should never mandate it. Now, getting rid of mRNA is one thing. So we have this amazing, amazing bill North Dakota 2384. It's the first bill, to my knowledge. Um, <clears throat> Senator Margram, Jeffrey Margram, uh, introduced it, categorically bans mRNA in the state of North Dakota. And that's what we need. And again, I don't mind if it gets watered down so you don't ban it, so a doctor could use it, but at least the health department will recommend against it, can't distribute it, can't market it. We'll talk about this. So the bill is very hardcore, and that's how you have to start out. So ND2384. I don't understand how we don't have a movement around this. As they are saying they're engaging in gain, gain of function, and they're coming down with RSV shot, this is the most important pro-life bill you could ever push. If you're not pushing this, you're not pro-life. It's that simple. We need that in every state we can get.
We talked about yesterday. So again, the South Dakota Constitutional Amendment, we got one vote out of 12 on the House State Affairs Committee. My buddy John Hansen. That's it. But it's not a failure. We laid down the marker, and we started the discussion. It has to start from somewhere. But I want to show you guys the contrast between when you have a movement and you reach critical mass and when you don't. So we're losing almost everywhere in medical freedom. But I don't want to discourage you because the difference between success and failure hinges on a hairline. It's bizarre. Some states, it's just, we get it. And you never know. And if you don't, you could push further. But when it comes to transgenderism, um, they just passed out of the Arkansas Senate SB 43 designated drag shows like adult strip clubs. 29 to 6, it passed. Meaning all 29 Republicans, party line. We didn't lose a single one. And yet with medical freedom, we almost can't get a single one. And it's bizarre. But transgenderism was like that a few years ago. We couldn't get any traction on it. And a lot of this is almost like they need to see it. Daniel, I don't think that's happening. Well, you idiot. What, we need to wait until everyone's dead? You do it beforehand. I mean, it's just so bizarre. But that's what it is. You're going to have to fight a certain amount. And the longer you take to embark on this, the longer it will take to get it done. So there's that bill. There's also another important... So anyway, Wyoming HB 66 is on the floor today uh, of the House. It narrowly passed out of committee, categorically banning all mask and um, mask mandates and vaccine mandates. We, we originally had all vaccines. They limited it just to the COVID shot, so we'll take it. They took out the criminal penalties... The sponsor, Jeanette Ward, is going to add in civil penalties as a compromise. So, again, if you're in Wyoming, get on the phones. How dare you at a time when the U.K. government, Europe, European socialists, are taking the shots off the market for people under 50, how do you guys still have mandates in the state of Wyoming? HB 66 will indeed get rid of that. So that's another very important thing. Um, another big bill is Iowa SF-91, Senate File 91. Limit, limits emergency declaration powers to 60 days. I wish it would be less than that. Um, but it, it demonstrates that it, it uh, stipulates during emergencies, government cannot infringe upon fundamental constitutional protected rights unless it's you know compelling interest, narrowly tailored to the specific purpose, and is the least restrictive means possible. Government cannot impose restrictions that are not neutral. They cannot prohibit in-person services, you know, religious services. They cannot use phones or digital tech to surveil persons. They cannot, um, they cannot use artificial intelligence, uh, drones, if you remember that. They were spying on people with that. Uh, they cannot restrict the practice of a person holding a valid license to practice uh, health-related professions to restrict the scope of delivery. They cannot... Uh, restrict prescribing um, FDA-approved drugs. It bans contact tracing. Um, so a lot of good things in that. And, and, and this shouldn't be an anomaly. Again, this is something every state should have done, not, not just this session, not last session, but two sessions ago. I mean, we knew this by January, February 2021 was almost a year into this. 
Think about how we couldn't get any of this past state legislatures. Heck, it should have been in 2020. Well, Daniel, a lot of this started, you know, after. Well, no, actually, it started March. Most of them were in session. Oh, well, COVID, we can't be in session. That was the problem. This whole thing arose because state legislatures ran away that entire year. We're on the third year after it, and we still haven't rectified. We're still even on the lockdown stuff, and and this is an anomaly. This is the best bill, and most states haven't done it yet. Only a few. Why is it? Why is it that this is viewed as a nerdy, weird issue that's, like, not cool? I don't, I don't understand what has ever affected us more, what will affect us more, what is killing more people. But they, whatever it is, I think it's something spiritual too. We have a movement around abortion, we get success. We have a movement around guns, we get success. We have a movement around lower taxes, we get success. And now, thankfully, we've broken through on the tranny issue. We are definitely seeing success. Anything you don't fight for it will be defeated almost unanimously. If you have critical pressure on it, they'll change their minds. Most of them don't know any better. This is why this is the most important thing we can do. And again, I'm not trying to brag here. I'm just trying to demonstrate how I'm almost a one-man show, and this is how thin and fake this conservative movement is. Um, so we're working this state. We're working this federal. We're working this pretty much everywhere. And I, I just want to note, I forget if I mentioned this yesterday. I, can't, I mean, this week has been so crazy. But in West Virginia, so the Senate and House did finally, three years later, limited Jim Justice's powers that you can't declare an emergency until the end of time. It has a 60-day limit. The most basic thing we just got, and we had two amendments to it in the House. Number one, two limit it further to 30 days, and number two, to stipulate that you can't limit life, liberty, and property. Okay? That's simple. We only got on both of those amendments roughly a third of the Republicans to support them. Everyone else voted no. That's how bad it is. This is what we're trying to rectify. Um, real quick, before we get into the federal stuff with, with Andy Biggs, I want to switch to fighting on a federal level, but um, where is this? Do, 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 do. I don't have a bill number, but Senator Tammy Nichols in Idaho has a bill to force vaccine material lab- labeling on all food packages, especially beef and cattle chicken. Um they are absolutely planning on putting the mRNA, and they already put other garbage vaccines in the food. Now, I can't vouch for other vaccines, but with the mRNA platform, there's no question if that's put in the food, that is affecting your body. That is a way, there's two ways that they're going to get you, even if you somehow survive the mandates. Self-spreading vaccines and in the food supply. So she's requiring at least labeling. So that's the first of its bill that I know of. Very, very, another exciting, exciting bill that we need to push in every state. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to take the best bills and we're going to take that greatest common factor, get someone to introduce. That's the first step. You have to have someone willing to do it. Then you message it. You build a movement around it. You have to have something on paper. 
and then you get all the states to to do this. So again, there's a lot more to talk about on this front, but wanted to dedicate at least this portion today to activism. Um, our interview today is sponsored by Patriot Mobile. Speaking of what you can do, um, you could be a theoretical conservative like everyone else, or you could be a practical, hands-on conservative like me, and stop supporting those who hate you for your vital products and services. When it comes to mobile carriers, there's really only three of them, uh, and they're all a cartel, but there actually is a fourth. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They give you the same networks. Um, You could switch seamlessly without changing your phone number. Plus, you get better service because you have a U.S.-based, English-speaking customer service number, 878-PATRIOT. I want you guys to go to patriotmobile.com slash CR. Get free activation today with offer code CR. Make this your New Year's resolution to stop supporting companies that hate you, that support transhumanism, and that are killing us. This has got to stop now, and it stops by cutting off the money supply. Go now to patriotmobile.com slash CR or call 878-PATRIOT. So we've been talking about all of the important state legislation. We need to introduce. We need to get a good person to push it. We need to light a fire under it. Name the heroes. Shame the zeros. You have to light that fire under it. It's not going to happen on its own. And surprisingly, with medical freedom and COVID fascism, we have the smallest movement around that, even though it's the most important issue, quite literally, life, liberty, uh, property, humanity. Like I said, I mean, I'm renaming the show probably from conservative review to human review. This is not even conservatism we're fighting for. We're fighting for humanism. Now, I want to change gears to a federal level because the same thing is true. Now, Republicans don't have all three branches, but you could move that Overton window with oversight and with legislation, by the way, and that could spawn the public to act. That could spawn the public to think, yeah, wait, wait a minute. Why don't these people have liability? Let's support that. We start naming the frauds who vote against it, and then maybe you get the states to follow up and act on it. So we are still going to focus at the federal level. Now, who's good at the federal level? Well, there aren't too many. Um, But one of the big heroes, we've had him on before the speaker's fight, but boy, has he become a legend. Uh, Congressman Andy Biggs from Arizona's 5th Congressional District, uh, one of the original five to oppose McCarthy, and all the good that came out of this came from those five individuals who are willing to take this to the next level. Um, but you know, everyone's like, these guys are just obstructionists. You know, I'm going to tell you a funny thing before we bring on the congressman right now, if you go to GovTrack and you, you, you could actually see the introduced legislation, the GOP house. So there's 228, 222 members. There's 362 bills filed. This one man has filed 59 out of 362. And I want you guys to go down them. I don't have time to go through each one. These are the categorical bills that we were talking about. Not these like motion to recommit, like gotcha Democrat things that they're passing on the floor that don't really grab people's attention. These are the categorical things, and especially on medical freedom. So we'll talk about some of this today. Congressman, thanks so much for fitting us into your busy schedule today. Uh, Happy to do it. Thank you so much for what you do, Dan. Appreciate it. All righty. So 59 out of 362 Republican bills. Um, My question to you is, let's start with medical freedom. I 
a lot of even friends of yours, friends, mutual friends of ours have candidly told me that, look, you're right. This is genocide. This is crazy. The deaths, the new mRNAs they're coming out with, the new the gain of function we saw from Project Veritas, there's no question. They're still doing it. It's not even issue number 10 among most Republicans. Like, it's not – how is it that H.R. 1 wasn't – you know, even before we get the vaccine injury, but – you know, because a lot of them don't want to talk about it. But just the basics of a president can't declare an emergency for more than 30 days without Congress – and CDC can never force mandates, you know, vaccines and masks on people. Like, how is that not even on the floor yet? You know, I, I, I don't know, except for I'm going to posit something here. M- many of my colleagues, um, they, they like to do messaging bills, right? And, and, and I'm, I think messaging bills are fine, but what's necessary are the substantive changes to the structure of where we sit. So you cannot give the executive branch carte blanche. I mean, you just can't. And that's what we've done. We've said you can do, you can have this emergency declaration, which under the Democrats, it was, Daniel, it was, it was set when they passed it, it lasted for two years. They, they set an emergency um, uh, declaration allowing the president extraordinary measures for two years. And so I'm going to just tell you my, my philosophy on this uh, and why, why we do the things we do. And it's this. My, the, the theme of my office and of, of every campaign I've run is we have to restore the balance of power horizontally and vertically. Um, and when you give that kind of carte blanche authority to the bureaucrats, and the exe- which is, is the executive branch, you have basically emasculated the purpose of the legislative branch and you've burdened the judiciary who's going to interpret um, and, and uh, wrongly most of the time the, the authority of the executive branch. And so when we talk about the things you're talking about, which is um, uh, medical freedom, and I, I, I'm trying to pull up uh, you know, just all the, the medical bills that we've, that we've introduced, you know, no mandates acts, prescription freedom act, medical innovation, acceleration act, um, you know, uh, the freedom from mandates act, th- th- these various acts that we've introduced just to try to get at e- going back against, um, the executive branch, which is abusing the American people. And that, you know, I mean, there's so many of these things that have to be done. And my colleagues just, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, badmouth my colleagues, but I just wonder sometimes where they are. How about, how about this? I have a who, withdrawal from the, the World Health Organization that I've run multiple times trying to get people here to understand we, we, you've given up sovereign authority. There's no, uh, there should be, there's no constitutional authority for, the, for our participation in the World Health Organization. Yes. But, and, 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 you know, we can't, I can't even get a hearing on it. That, that's my thing. It's like you look at the bill so far and they're like, they're bizarre. They're, I mean, for those of you who don't know, a motion to recommit is when you're in the minority, you don't control the floor. So they give you one thing to amend it. So you embarrass them. So let's say they have an amnesty bill. You're like, okay, well, do you want amnesty even for sex offenders? 
But when you're governing, you give a broad vision. So they're like, okay, Biden can't draw down the strategic petroleum reserves and give it to China. Yeah, and that's nice. But do categorical on all the global warming regulations that destroy our products, that make things more expensive, that, that destroy jobs, are, are, are nullified, sunset within a year. I mean, do something categorical on that. So likewise, get out of the World Health Organization. Um, let, let me give you guys another one. I want to get your comment, Congressman. You know, I'm, again, I'm looking at your list here. Um, you, you, you go on the TSA or the Department of Transportation uh, airplane mask mandate. I mean, that's been repudiated 100 times over. Everyone exactly. travels. Everyone hates it by now, even the people that originally, you know, kind of got brainwashed into it, except for the crazies. Like, that would really put the Democrats in a bind. That would gain notoriety because a lot of the bills they're passing, like mo- – it's not garnering media attention, if that's what your goal is, you know, when you don't have all three branches to message. I mean, it, how, how do you plan on – do you plan on using the new rules, the more open process to force votes on this? Yeah, I mean – yeah, exactly. So – but I, I think – that we're going to get a vote on a bill like that. I, I really believe that. Uh, what, what, what you're going to see, though, Daniel, and this is what I've, what I've seen, is, is my colleagues, they will agree with this, but they'll, they'll be a little bit mad at me still for the speaker's race, and they will put it in their name and try to advance it. I'm okay with it. I don't care if it's in my name. Sure. But let's, let's advance the policy. No, absolutely. So I, Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think that's what will happen here. You might this. have to get other members to, to do it for you, but, you know, as long as it gets out there. But, folks, I want you to scroll down again. Go to GovTrack. You could, you could search the database, and you could actually put in a member, and he literally has, you know, like one-sixth of the Republican bills, just one member, and they're all really, really good land grab stuff, repealing motor voter, you know, things that we often forgot about, um, very, very important stuff. So, so – Congressman, could you give us a little bit of a postmortem? A lot of people are fascinated. You know, we gamed this out together before you were on, and now this is the first time we're having you back on the other side. What went right? What went wrong? What are some of the lessons learned? Well, I think um, overall, uh, you know, we learned that what I've what I've preached for years is that leverage works in, in legislative bodies. That's what that's what works. The second thing is, it, it, it would have been nice to do this behind closed doors. We actually asked it to be done behind closed doors so nobody would be embarrassed by the, by the push and pull of a fight like this. But they didn't want to do it behind closed doors. So, so I am, I'm, I'm also really comfortable with it being out in public. I know, I, you know, I had donors and people calling me early on saying, you're a clown and this is a clown show and, and worse. And, and my position is, really simple. Every, most Americans think that we debate that, uh, every bill or issue like that. We don't. To have the kind of transparency that we did is good and healthy. And I think people are starting to realize that. Yes. You, know, uh, you know, Newt Gingrich said that, that those of us taking our position were psychologically uh, damaged or, or ill or something like that. And, and now he's like, well, you know, things look, things look like they worked out. They did work out. We knew they would work out. Um, and I would say, so what was successful is we have changed the rules. Um, in my opinion, the rules that we got should be baseline for any Speaker of the House 
yeah. regardless of party. But I mean, we, we, we changed them back. Uh, to, to We opened them up in a way that they hadn't been opened in decades, actually. The second thing is we also um, we revisited how we budget. And, and so the, one of the reasons that you're sitting right now with this uh, this debt ceiling and that, that there's going to be a demand uh, for and, and using it as leverage, right? Because that's important for reform and rescission and, and to, to make cuts, to make freezes and to move us towards a place where we can actually start balancing the budget. Uh, I, I think that arose out of the fight. And what the other thing I, w- I would say that went right is I'm looking at Kevin and this is a different guy. I mean, yes. he's a different guy. I mean, he's out there and he's talking tough. He's being tough and he's actually acting and it's not performance art. And I'm like, well, okay, then I give him an A because he's actually keeping the promises he's made. It's only two weeks, right? But that's okay because it, it, that's, you know, maybe, maybe we're in, we're in a place, a good place going forward where the conference understands um, we're going to be tough. We're going to be tougher. And if we're, and if that's the case, then I think we can have a really successful term and get some things done. And I think we can bring the Senate along as well. So, so you don't lose 18 people to a $1.7 trillion omnibus of the Republicans in the Senate. Let's not lose that again. Let's, let's, let's give them the strength. And when they see what's going on in the House and we understand, uh, and I think, I think this is one of the other good things that came out, is, is we, we don't do what the Senate does. We, don't have, we cannot worry what the Senate will or will not do. We have got to do the very best policy we can do, get it out, send it over there, and then put pressure on the Senate, the Republicans in the Senate, to hold firm. I think, I think those are good things that came out of it. I think the bad things that came out, I think, so, you know, there's hurt feelings, I think, a little bit. And, 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 uh, uh, that'll, that, but that's, that's already being healed. I mean, yes. so that always gets healed. The other thing, too, is, is I think, um, uh, uh, you know, there's not too much bad that came out of that fight. I think, no. I, 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 you know, the lobbyists, the K Street guys, they're freaking out. But, but they ended up with their guy. But their guy's a different guy now. You know, so I think that that's I think that's positive. He, he's a different guy. I mean, I didn't have it on my bingo card that you'd wind up in the year with Chip Roy, Thomas Massey, and Ralph Norman. On, on the rules committee like that never happened you don't have guys like that that are ever you know like like paul ryan and john boehner they felt it was their religious obligation to keep people like that away from power that they're dangerous they're terrible um and look i'll take yes for an answer the fight needed to happen we were right about you know his history for many many years but on the other hand we had the fight we had it out we had an agreement. So far, he's keeping it. Now, like I said, I, I do, you know, I do wish some of the conservatives would have a little bit more of a proactive plan on the sort of amendments and issues even before the debt ceiling that we want to message and fight. Um, so you're on judiciary, is that correct? Yeah, that's so you, right. You're on the judiciary committee. Um, do, do you feel? I, I mean, I know the FBI is looming large for for good reason. But do you have any ability to advance the COVID medical freedom, transhumanist, mRNA, you know, biomedical security state oversight through where you sit? Because I don't see it getting much billing. I really don't. 
I think I think the oversight committee is the better place. I sit on that committee as well. Oh, okay. and I think and I think we got to have. So you have the uh, the COVID uh, investigation team is uh, underneath that committee. I'm not on that that subcommittee, but uh, that special committee. But they can do stuff. But the, also, just in the normal subcommittees. There, there's, um, there's some good subcommittees in oversight because uh, committee chairman Comer has re- basically reorganized that, that I think actually you can move that through um, the oversight committee. Now, there'll, there'll be some other committees that want jurisdiction and take jurisdiction, but I think that, that the beautiful part about oversight is oversight's jurisdiction is the broadest in, in all of Congress because you can bring in any government agency, department, individual, and hold them accountable. And this is a way to do that. You know, I hate to put you on the spot, but I'm too excited about this. And I got to mention it. So in North Dakota, I got a friend of mine to introduce a bill to put a moratorium on mRNA shots, right? Because I saw that. I did see that. Yeah, because this is not over with. I mean, the RSV shot is literally around the corner. My question is, would you or any of your colleagues have interest in because i think this would grab attention to say wait a minute after everything we learn how do you rush another thing at a minimum the you know hhs cannot promote fund distribute you know even if we don't want to ban it let them do it on their own that and or something with liability is, is that coming down the pipeline um i have not heard anybody else doing that um i saw that this morning and um and we, I, I'm going to have my staff. We're going to sure. look into it. We're going to grab information. The the one thing, the first thing that I, I liked was liability, because I yes. think that the entire liability portion has got to change. The second thing is, um, this needs to go to um, it. Need the private sector needs to eat this instead of of of, of government transfer. And the third thing is, uh, when it is such an experimental deal, mRNA, which is which it is very different than anything else that we've seen. Uh, you can't, you, rushing it is not good. And, and that, and you know where it ties in, Daniel, is, is also with, we, we don't have accurate and honest data vis-a-vis the um, mRNA vaccine for COVID, right? So, so we got to get that. And you, need, and you need something more than the tracking that we do now where people, it's, it's, it's just self-reporting, right? Um, we, self-reporting is good, but it's also, by the way, it's so high. It's been higher than it's ever been. But you have got to have it more scientific-based. And I, I'm just trying to find a scientist in federal government that I trust. I don't know of any. Nope, but we know a lot of them out of government that have been on top of it. Um, yes. I'm just going to say, like, and I encourage you and, and some of the other good guys, we need a Ron Johnson in the House. The problem is he's in the minority, um, and we need someone. Uh, my concern, and it's been voiced to me, that you know the, the subcommittee on judiciary, it's not really its thing. It's going to be the FBI, and we understand that. And then the oversight subcommittee, eh, you know, I'm not – I, they'll cover Fauci. They'll cover the one lab. They'll cover lockdowns. Um, you know, I, and I, I don't know. I don't want to bash anyone there, but you know, it was 
given over as, quote, an after-action report. And I almost fell on my seat. Like, dude, people are dying. They're ticking time bombs with the subclinical myocarditis, and they have the RSV shot in a couple months. Like, this is a live ball. It needs to be shut down, not a kind of a retrospective. Like, it's the vaccine injury. My concern is that they're not touching it. And someone needs a liability bill, a PrEP Act reform, something like that. And you seem to be the bill man. So hopefully you can get on that. Um, yeah, we, we're going to take a good hard look at it because um, we, we want to – I agree with you. And um, uh, I just look at it and I say we've, we've got to make sure that we, we attack, attack this before something happens again. So, uh, yeah, so if the, if the RSV, that, that's getting ready to come out. We, we need to slow it down and make sure that there's adequate protection for the American people. I mean, you just do. You just do. Um, the other thing is I want to know what Big Pharma, uh, where, where they're heading with some of this stuff. I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it's out of control. Where they're and, headed and, with and pathogens yeah. of the past. Where did they come from? Where did the vaccines come from? And the future, DARPA, um, and you got to run, but I just final thing to connect the DARPA stuff. In my past life, like a lot of conservatives, I was very into defense is awesome, and I never thought twice about it. But then I realized, right. oh, whoops, if defense goes wrong, it's actually the greatest threat to our liberties, a.k.a. DARPA. The biomedical security state is more DOD than it is HHS. The woke and That's broke right. weaponization of the military, intel, surveillance, all that stuff, yet – it seems like the biggest albatross around the neck of our debt ceiling fight is a good part of the conference is stuck on that old view of defense in that it's all about the dollars, more dollars, not about the policies and restructuring what we want to do with the military. And if we actually did that properly, we could spend more money on this hardware we want for deterrent against China without these other engagement and the woke and broke stuff, and we won't have to spend more money. But they view that as cutting the military. How do we break through yeah, that? That's right. Well, I, one of the things is, uh, you know, you find out that, $221 billion uh, has, has gone missing. I mean, they don't even know where it is, uh, including entire missile systems. I mean, uh, what? How do, you, how do you lose a missile system? Anyway, the, the, the whole point of it is uh, they, I've continued to advocate for a true, real audit of the Pentagon DOD. And, and they fought me, well, now for six, seven years now. Um, it, we've got to move away from this notion. Uh, and, and the way to do it, in my opinion, is to go to a line item budget. And, uh, and a zero budget. Yeah, a line item budget would be where, you, where, you, where the Congress looks at every uh, program expenditure in every department and agency in the country, and we zero it out every year. And then, the, then that agency has got to justify it. A couple things would happen. Number one, you, you would start removing agencies and departments and saving money. You'd get, eliminate waste and fraud. And then, and then members of Congress would understand better, and so would the public, where their money's going. And uh, we could, again, get to, the, to my ultimate goal where I started out today was is restoring the balance of powers horizontally and vertically. And, and in so doing... Uh, would be a freer state, more economically viable state, and, and robust state, and and people would be freer. 
they'd just be freer. And that's, that's, but as long as we don't do that, and you have a massive budget in the Pentagon where it's, it's protected at all costs around here, uh, you're going to have waste, tremendous waste. One study estimates $100 billion a year in a, just an administrative waste alone in, uh, in the Pentagon. And I think once you guys do oversight of DARPA, Chemical and Biologics, Defense Threat Reduction Agency, I think you'll see that waste is probably the most innocuous part of the concerns and yeah. downright you know, things that are very disturbing. We certainly believe in a military more than we believe in a HUD or an EPA, but on the other hand, it is the most potent weapon. And when you throw ungodly sums of money every year without any oversight, you're going to have corruption and and liberty problems and um I, I consider myself a defense hawk but but that's not being a hawk what some of the armed services members have been you know promoting for all these years so we're gonna certainly look to you as the true north to keep us updated on everything you're doing thanks so much for the fight um that really turned out well and and, and god bless hey thanks daniel appreciate it so very much talk hey, to you soon take care so, folks, Andy Biggs there, congressman from the 5th District of Arizona, kind of southeast of Mesa, Arizona area. He is a man I've truly come to admire. T- typically, I look at a Republican member and I'm like, what an idiot. Why? What is so hard to articulate our views? And then I look at Andy, I'm like, I couldn't do that, man. Like, it's the opposite. I don't think I'd have the guts to do what he did. I mean, just ironclad. It's bizarre. There's certain uh, talk show hosts that like to beat on him. I don't know what you'd want more from a member. He's there on every... I mean, he was the first guy to write write an op-ed calling for Burks and Fauci to uh, be canned by Trump long before anyone else said everyone's a big hero now. Um, but whatever the issue is, I mean, like I said, I mean, go through his 56 bills. He tackles motor voter. He repeals the FISA court. We all agree that that's a problem where basically it's a kangaroo court uh, to circumvent due process and to get, engage in political witch hunts. We all know that. So it's a little bit bizarre that we've gained no traction. But I want to go through just different different bills, different ideas, different stories. I am going to be out tomorrow, so I want to round out the week, and I apologize for that, with, with just a random assortment of... Uh, bills, ideas, different things. And I, and I just want to say that I am really proud of Representative Jeanette Ward. I want to give her a shout-out. Again, she is spearheading this anti-mandate, public, private, anything, no mask, no anything, no testing, no vaccine, hospitals, schools, on the Wyoming floor. If you're in Wyoming, make sure your reps support HB 66 uh, she had a great line. Your liberty doesn't end where someone else's fear begins. Your liberty doesn't end where someone else's fear begins. But I would argue it's actually worse than that. See, we're the one who have, we have the right to be fearful. See, you can't fear someone's inactivity. They didn't get the prophylactic or treatment. Well, But you did. So you have nothing to fear in your construct that that, Medical intervention helps. But on the other hand, our inactivity, we could fear activity. You're actively taking something unnatural that could shed on us, that could create viral immune escape, that could create mutations. 
and gain of function. And I mean, you go through the Project Veritas video, and I know some are going to say, well, this is some, they get some pretty girl, Project Veritas, to flirt with the executive at Pfizer who thinks that she's going to, you know, do whatever with him. So he spills the beans and it's not really credible. But it is because if you look at what he's saying, we have corroborating info that they're doing this anyway. So as Jordan Tristan Walker, the Pfizer Director of Research and Development Strategic Operations, mRNA Scientific Planner, one of the things we're exploring is like, why don't we just mutate it ourselves so we can create preemptively develop new vaccines, right? So we have to do that. If we're going to do that, though, there's a risk of like, as you can imagine, no one wants to have a pharma company mutating effing viruses. Don't tell anyone. Promise you won't tell anyone. The way it would work is that we put the virus in monkeys and we successfully cause them to keep infecting each other and we collect serial samples from them. You have to be very controlled to make sure that the virus that you mutate doesn't create something that just goes everywhere, which I suspect is the way the virus started in Wuhan, to be honest. It makes no sense that this virus popped out of nowhere. It's bull. From what I've heard is they are, meaning Pfizer people, are optimizing it, meaning COVID mutation process, but they're going slow because everyone's very cautious. I think they're also just trying to do it as an exploratory thing. We know they're doing this. We know DARPA is doing this. This is the most important thing to get to the bottom of. I don't have time to go through this. But if you go through the viruses of the last 50 to 70 years that suddenly appeared and became very vexing, you do have epidemics throughout, plagues throughout history. But generally, God creates humanity in a way that they can handle viruses. And you don't have something that really, you know, degrades life expectancy for most of history. Suddenly, we have a lot of these vexing things come up right around when they're working on vaccines. So it's not just the fact that vaccines themselves are causing so much harm um, certainly the mRNA are death shots, but even the other ones, there's a lot of legitimate questions about autoimmune, uh, tampering with your immune system, uh, immune suppression, and, and all that stuff. And then some of the neurological stuff, behavioral stuff, the autism. But the question is, and, it's, and, and then there's questions, is it necessary? But then there's another question. How many of the times... Was the vaccine the pathogen itself? Did they create it? Meaning, either the vaccine created it, the live attenuated vaccine, the testing of the vaccine created it, or they purposely created it to justify the vaccine. One of those mixtures. I'm just going to tell you, it's pretty clear now from the evidence I've seen, and we'll develop this in future shows. SARS-CoV-2 was not the first rodeo. It seems pretty clear that SARS-1 was created. They just couldn't make it as transmissible, so this was the perfection of it. It's We now know the anthrax stuff was from them. We now know RSV, by the way, was a lab leak in the 50s or 60s. That absolutely was a lab leak, and I mean, that's, that's open source. And there's good reason to believe that Ebola and HIV were also 
from some sort of gain of function slash, you know, vaccines gone wrong, tested experimental vaccines gone wrong, or perhaps gone right in their mind. So that's a whole can of worms itself, but that's the type of can of worms that they need to go into. I challenge you, up until including FBI and CIA killing people, Kennedy assassination, all this is, I mean, civilization killing. But name me something more important to explore than the hoax of a century. That you will take every baby born in the country and jab them 40, 50 times and ever increasing and accelerating with every year. That that entire thing was a lie, not only unnecessary, not only harmful, but that they created a lot of these pathogens. I cannot think of a more important issue. And it's hard to believe, but going through COVID, how do we not? I don't understand it. I really, really don't understand it. Like, for example, I, I spoke with some of the staffers from for some of the better members on the Oversight Subcommittee on Coronavirus, and I raised my concern. Brad Wenstrup from Ohio, he's the chairman of that subcommittee, so he's going to be the lead guy on COVID. He's a doctor. And he categorized the mission of the panel as lessons learned and after action review. And I jumped out of my seat. I was like, what do you mean after action? It sounds like, and this is their mentality. This is the problem. And it's our people too. They think it's over. Oh, who, the, who pushed the lockdowns, the school closures. No. They're, I mean, today, as we're speaking, the FDA is planning an annual COVID death shot, and they have RSV in every baby. They have the flu R, uh, um, mRNA, and then right behind that, Nipah, Marburg's, Ebola, <clears throat> HIV, cancer, you name it. And then you have the Swiss study, the Thai study, that show millions of particularly young males, but even females, likely have subclinical myocarditis and are ticking time bombs. We need to punish these people. We need to bring liability upon them. We need diagnostics. We need um, compensation. We need to get that. That is the biggest pro-life issue. You have a generation of broken hearts, and that's just one organ system of many that it affects. You name me a more important issue. You are not pro-life. I understand it's technical, whatever, but that was an okay excuse two and a half years ago. After all this, you better be up on this, at least at a baseline level if you're an elected official. There's another good bill, uh, H.R. 1406, or H.B. 1406, in North Dakota, Jeff Hoverson, terrific, terrific guy, uh, introducing a lot of good bills. And one of the bills, I think it's 1406, would, among other things, basically, you know, make the 
Department of Health liable to pay for any vaccine that they promote, they have to pay for injury. And then it has a provision in it to audit anyone who died within 30 days. That I, I wrote that provision. Anyone who dies within 30 days, they have to investigate it. So we have to add that up. And it looks like they're going to strip that out of the bill because it costs too much money. And I'm thinking, USOBs spent unseemly sums of money for a tiny red rural state, from the, mainly from the feds, promoting the death shot. You don't have a fraction of that money to pay for the injury from your genocidal Joseph Mengele promotion? Suddenly they're fiscal conservatives. I love it. Oh, it costs too, too much money. Oh, no, no, no. We can't pay for the injury. What in the world is that? What a bunch of losers. What a bunch of losers. COVID jabs ended for those under 50 in the UK. Yet we can't get people righteous on it right here, right now. Republicans are to the left of Bill freaking Gates. Even he wants to move on from the COVID shots. They won't touch it. They won't touch it. Pathetic, pathetic people. Beyond pathetic. Excess deaths in England are 23% higher. And in Wales, a whopping 34% higher than the 2015 to 2019 baseline. That's basically on pace for 100,000 excess deaths a year, the equivalent of 500,000 in one year in the U.S. This is from the Daily Skeptic. The number of children born in Sweden has decreased by an average of 8.6% over the period from January to November 2022, perfectly aligning with nine months after the women that age got the shot in 2021. The largest percentage decreases occurred over the most recent three months. So if you look, the entire 2022, it's been going down, but it's getting worse. The, the, the question was maybe it was an aberration and it would reset but it's getting worse. Dr. Cole told me last night he has tissue samples of testicles, literally, um, with spike protein all over it. He has cancer samples with spike protein all over that tissue that got the cancer's tumors. And and, and by the way, I just want to say, like, I'm not a doctor or a, a scientist. I, I know, like, these loser, fake conservative Republicans like to say that to absolve themselves from dealing with the most important issue of our time. But I don't think you need to be a scientist or a doctor to understand that if you have mRNA technology that has no shutoff valve and it codes your cells to produce an unlimited number of tissues, substances, whatever that is, is in unlimited time, unlimited locations – isn't that a recipe for cancer? I mean, isn't that what cancer is? Uncontrolled growth of tissue cells? I, I mean, isn't it like at the most basic level? So when you have, for example, their therapeutic they made for heart attacks because they knew that their shot would cause the heart attacks and they're now reaping the windfall of the heart attacks. And by the way, let's face it, we all know pharma's been doing this for a half a century. They created a lot of the problems and created the solution, which creates more problems. 
and creates this circuitous cycle. Unless we break that net, that, and look, again, I am all fine with a private company developing, you know, with the least amount of regulations what they want. But then we need to have the ability to fight it, the liability for it in court. And we have the ability to put out our products. What you have is regulatory capture where our medical construct is banned and theirs is funded, marketed, mandated, promoted. That That's fascism. So, you know, there's, there's certain people out there, why are we using the language of the left suddenly talking about big pharma like the left talks about big oil, right? Well, no, because the energy sector is not, funded like that and actually the parts that are the parts we don't agree with that ExxonMobil promotes like carbon capture and rinse credits with ethanol but there's nothing about oil gas and coal that's promoted by government it's because it freaking works the market promotes it but over this period 11.7% fewer children were born in Sweden during from September to November 2022 This is this is a big problem because Sweden is the country where there was no lockdown. So you can't blame it on lockdown. And but they were strong on the vaccine. The the, the data goes back a hundred years, more than a hundred years. There is no such period that has ever happened. And to the extent you have like drops, it's following. A, a, a spike in births. So you have a seesaw effect. It's accounting. Here, we have an inveterate trend, like in all Western countries, where it's gradually going down the birth rates. So there's no up period. There's never been an up period in years, a spike, that you could say it's kind of just coming to oscill- going to oscillation to go down. No, it's down, 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 and then boom, plummet, right around the nine-month period. But yeah, this is some just some weird issue, some nerdy policy issue that only a couple people care about, evidently. And it will remain that way until we make it clear that we do care about it. Here's the thing. I know I'm right. We've been right every freaking step of the way since March 2020, and a lot of you have started listening to me because of that. I've been doing this on many other issues. But I will tell you, you will be made to care. This will come out. We will get there. The sad thing is, do we need to fight for two, three legislative sessions and have hundreds of thousands of more people die before we do it? It will It will get there. This has no control on it. There is no shutoff valve. It's not like they could rescind this. You know, and people like Peter McCullough, Ryan Cole, originally they were trying to tamp down fears and rightfully so look you know if you kind of got originally got the shots you should be fine by now we can't say that anymore there's a lot of indications that the deaths are accelerating even though very few of them that die suddenly likely just got the shots especially the younger people very few younger people are getting boosters um to the extent there are would be older people so likely they had the shots a while ago remember it's coding your cells. See, if you get the virus, your immune system either dealt with it or it didn't. Here, it bypasses your immune system to code your cells to produce the spike. 
So we don't know. Like, so if I ask you a question, could it potentially produce a spike on a random date two years later? Maybe. We don't know. And logically, there's no reason it can't. We just, no one, no one has ever studied it for that long. But it just takes one spike. And we know this produces an infinite number. Now, I was going to get to my whole rhinos on a rampage roundup, the rhino rand, uh, roundup of the week. Uh, there's so much of this, but I just don't have time. I'm just going to leave you with one example. Chip Roy has a bill to just, you know, turn everyone at the border back. Representative Tony Gonzalez, a Texan from the border. Another person, we could have had a better person. Trump endorsed him. He is now like the lead rhino in the House. He said on Monday he slammed Chip Roy's bill as, as a messaging bill that has no chance of being signed into law. He says, you're going to limit legitimate asylum. You're going to limit legitimate asylum. This It's a very deep point I want to touch on. Because this is the way these vermin think. These maggots think. Imagine if you come after, you know, Auschwitz, and you're like, nah, I don't want to be too tough on Nuremberg, you know, medical experimentations. We might legitimately need this one day. Like, what? Like, when you have something that bad, you can never overcompensate. So it's the same mentality with COVID. It's like, Daniel, I don't know. I don't, I agree in principle. I don't want to, you know, you know, handcuff future measure. Like, what are you talking about? Look at the pain that's happening now. That's got to be shut down. Believe me, if we ever get to ancillary detriments from that response to, to the fascism, we'll deal with it. The pendulum is so far in this direction. So it's the same thing with the, with the border. We have an invasion up the wazoo. They're like, yeah, but, but what about legitimate asylees? I mean, and mind you, we have other systems. We have parole, we have TPS, we have um, the, the regular refugee program, which is brought in. We have record, record 1.1 million legal immigrants, which mainly is essentially a you know, charity program because most of it is low-skilled. Low um, and then all the visa work, like, what the heck? But that's their mentality. You can't staunch an invasion of several million per year because what about legitimate asylees? Under your bill, you're going to shut it off. This is why we can't have nice things. But this was Trump's hero. I don't have his uh, endorsement in front of me, but he really played him up. Just think about that. He did it to us many, many times. I defy anyone to defend this man headed forward at this point. What value add that man brings to the table. But unlike others, I don't care. I'm not going to get bogged down in one person, another person, um, even the presidential race in general. You know why? Because I'm watching these state legislatures and I'm thinking the difference between the few cases where we succeed and most of the time where we don't, it's a difference between the input and the energy of a base activism. And if you would take my list of bills on interposing the federal tyranny, pushing back against the IRS and and CIA, the election fraud, pushing back against big tech, all the things we want to do, and obviously medical freedom, 
if we only work the areas where we are the supermajority, at least among the voters, every 70-30 Trump county and state, and made that area a reflection of the majority of the people, it wouldn't matter who becomes president. That is my national anthem of, of, of the year. And again, I'm, it's clunky, it's informal, but some of these states where we have a team leader, they're doing a great job, conaction.network, sign up. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm only focusing on states where we control the trifecta, um, or Republicans do, I shouldn't say we, where we can at least get on the map. So again, if you want to be a team leader, email me, danielhurwitz at startmail.com. If you want to join a team and, but, but, you know, please be responsive. If you really want it, when the team leader, when we do find a team leader and we form it, he's going to send out an email. Hey, I'm I'm going to invite you to a zoom meeting or whatever. Let's talk strategy. Let's talk agenda. Please respond to it. Um, and check your spam. Let's get this done. You could make such a difference. 10, 15 people pounding away in the legislature. It's already happening. And the more we do, the more we'll make a difference. You will get as much tyranny as you will tolerate. You will get as much freedom as you will fight for. Till Monday, hope you guys enjoy your weekend as I will. God bless you all. And thank you for listening.